God's people, on today's show, we talk about the Ark versus the Titanic and relate it all to God's purpose for our lives. Right after that, I go into a random song called Hope that I wrote back in about 2000 and uh, let's call it 8, 9, 10, somewhere up in there. And then after that, I share a message, another sermon. This is a good one. It's entitled God's Plan. So it's all in line with what I'm saying. And um, that's from Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church in Detroit, Michigan. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. Inspire God's people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. God's people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim, I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. You either on the ark or you on the Titanic. Now, I know some serious things going on in the world today. And those serious things, let's just say, represent the waters, right? If you think about the ark and you think about the Titanic, you know, essentially, they were surrounded by the same thing. And if we want to be real about it, the conditions that the ark was going in was much worse than the conditions that the Titanic was going in. So what was the difference? You got one where the conditions is like really, really messed up. And, it, and this was just straight from God. It was like, this is coming. The flood is coming, bruh. Then you have another situation with the Titanic that actually could have been prevented. But I'm going to tell you, like, the Titanic actually sunk before they ever left the dock. All right, hear me out. And, you, and you'll hear a little more about this in the sermon that I'm going to share today. But there's a couple of points, you know, that I want to make outside of that. So. This Titanic really sank due to a lack of preparation. Or let me, let me say this. Even if I want to say it didn't sink because of a lack of preparation, people died because of a lack of preparation. And, you know, are you like, how? How they died because of a lack of preparation, Jermaine? Well, if you just be quiet and listen, you're listening to my podcast right now. Get, tell the kids to be quiet. Sit down. You put that down. Y'all be quiet. Mommy is listening. Daddy's listening to the podcast, okay? You go ahead in the back and, and do something with yourself. Color on the walls or something, okay? One of the first things that stands out to me about the Titanic is from what I read, you know, when they were evacuating the ship, it was very unorganized. And... You know, I, I went on my first cruise, me and my wife, um, actually about four, maybe four or five months ago, whatever. And when you get on that cruise that first day, like, yo, they, you got to go through all the little security measures and everything. It's all type of parameters. And like, you really got to go through it. It's like school for 20 minutes, 
just in case. Mm, just in case, y'all. Some of y'all need to let that little phrase right there, just in case something happens. And so when you go on a cruise these days, well, might not be cruising for a while, my people. That's another story for another day. But you get the point I'm making. You got to be prepared for that. The Titanic, they wasn't prepared for that. Then here was the laziest thing that they did on the Titanic. As they were, you know, releasing the lifeboats, number one, they didn't have enough lifeboats to account for all the people on the ship. So somebody was going to die either way. That's why I say that ship sunk way before they ever left the dock. Why? Just because they weren't prepared for something. And you don't have enough lifeboats for the amount of people that's on the ship. Then to take it further, they were sending out lifeboats with 20, 30 people in it. Lifeboats, I think, uh, I'm going to say it in a sermon later uh, that you're going to hear the replay, but I think maybe they held over 100 people, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that part. The thing I'm concerned about is we don't have enough for the people that we have and then you want to send out halfway empty lifeboats. That's crazy. You're not prepared. And the reason you're not prepared is because, number one, you're arrogant. Number two, you're not operate under God's plan and God's purpose. You're operating under your own selfish purpose. How do I know that? Because the Titanic was all about people wanting to make a splash and have, have this ship that couldn't sink, right? That's what it was about. It was, it, it was no purpose. There was no life being preserved because of it. There was no real meaning behind it other than somebody who wanted to look dope. Now, you think about the ark. Noah was just a man that was living righteous, and God came to him with a plan to build this ark. Yet, like, God gave him very, a very specific way to build it, God told him who to have on the ship. God told him when to leave, when to come out. Like, God really scripted it out. Noah just had to do the work and execute God's plan. And even though the storm for the ark was worse, why was Noah able to survive? Because he built his boat and executed that situation according to God's plan and God's purpose. And lives were preserved because of it. God was using him to regenerate and repopulate the earth. And what does that have to do with you? You the ark, you the Titanic. What you talking about, Jay? I ain't no boat. My point is this, people. We allow ourselves so many times to have these selfish ambitions, and we're doing things for the wrong reason. You feel what I'm saying? Sometimes we're doing the right thing, but we're doing it for the wrong reason because we're out of God's purpose. And we're chasing our own dreams separate from God. And we're going to end up like that Titanic. Now, here's what I want you to really think about. I believe that some people are afraid to prepare because preparation makes you think about reality. Like some of us just leaving, living in a dream world where nothing bad happens and you're blessed and you're this and I'm telling you. And all that stuff sound good. But, but some of these messages aren't really addressing the principles of the Bible and what God wants us to take from it. And we're giving people, if you want to be real, we're giving them a false gospel sometimes. 
And they're coming into the kingdom of God, not understanding the reality that things can get bad. And what I'm, what I'm telling you is that the reason you prepare, you have enough lifeboats just in case something happens. But we get arrogant and we think, oh, ain't nothing going to go wrong. I like, like in the good times, we just living it up. You feel what I'm saying? Like we living it up in the good times. We partying like, like for, for people out there and you not operating in your purpose and you thinking like, man, I got to get this out of my system. I'm still young or I'm not ready. I, can I be real with y'all? I literally don't understand the mindset behind I'm not ready for my purpose. Like if God created you for a reason, like, and, listen, what, what am I trying to say, y'all? I'm trying to tell you that we don't have time to waste. And some of us are spending so much of our lives wasting time because we think it's always going to be good. And the one thing that I will tell you is that you have to understand that in these times that we're living in, with all these things that's going on in the world, if you don't take anything else from it, take from it that things can go wrong. It's not that we want them to go wrong. It's just that you have to be prepared for things. So I'll give you some practical examples. Like, who has a car? Don't you have a spare tire in the trunk? Just in case you catch a flat, right? I've never in my life went out of the house and was like, you know what I want to do? I want to go ahead and catch a flat. That's what I, somebody throw me a flat so I can catch it. No, you never want to catch a flat. It's just that you understand that when you go out into the roads, that the tires aren't perfect and that they can be damaged or they can get worn down at times. And you don't want to be caught in the middle of nowhere. You feel what I'm saying? And you don't have a spare tire or you have a spare tire, but you don't have a jack to be able to lift the car up and change the tire. There are a lot of things that we do practically that we're prepared for. No one goes on a vacation and don't pack a bag. And then, come on, let's, let's just be real, right? You're like, oh, well, that's not really preparation. You know, all right, I got you. When you go on a trip, do you pack enough socks? Like if you go on three days, you telling me you don't pack five pair of socks? Because I do. I'm a gun. I don't know what might happen with my feet. I, I don't know what's going to happen out there, bro. I know good and well you got more than three pair of drawers if you're going on a five, five day, uh, a three-day trip. Okay? Listen up, people. You need extra undies. All right? Don't go out there for three days with three pair. It's not going to work. Something could go wrong. Ever heard the term better safe than sorry? Now, what happens? When you don't prepare, you have to panic. So let's say you only brought three pair. And then you went out there and went swimming and made a mistake and didn't take them off. Now they wet. Now you out there with no draws. You're out here with nothing. What's going on? Right? Now you got to panic. Oh, my goodness. Where's the store at? I need to go do. Oh, I can't go. Oh, what am I doing? Now you're panicking because you're not prepared. Every time I'm prepared, I never have to panic. You feel what I'm saying? You go out there, you fly in a plane, 
first thing they do is give you safety instructions. It's like, here's your flotation device under the seat, and then this thing will come out of the sky and don't help anyone else until you put your mask on and snap it like this in the back. And you was reading your book and doing all kind of things because none of us want the plane to go down. God forbid. But at the end of the day, it's good to know that I at least got a little uh, $2 mask and a flotation device under my seat that I hope I can really get out in the time of need. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody wants things to go wrong. You don't want to need money or, you know, you got this situation happening in the world where people and I'm praying for everybody who's impacted at their jobs. And there's so many things. Right. But I'm telling y'all. This is why if you go back and listen to episode 57, being broke is fun. This is what I was talking about. That unknown preparation, being prepared just in case. Because we didn't know this was happening. So we got to prepare. And I just want to say, before I move on, if you know you weren't prepared and this stuff happened in life, use this as a reminder for next time. And when things get back good, Lord willing, and things go back to normal, don't go back to your bad habits. Start new habits right now and tell yourself, I'm going to be prepared the next time something unexpected financially happens. Or it could be, it don't have to be finances. It could be anything. That's just the easy example. All right. I got some people out here mad. Y'all probably turned the show off. Come on, come back, man. We about, this is about to get better. Come on, brother. Don't hurt me like that. All right, I'm about to jump into this sermon. This is actually from June 10th, 2018. I was a guest speaker um, at Hopewell ba Missionary Baptist Church in Detroit, Michigan. KC Pierce II is the pastor. What up, though? And I had a good time out there with them. The name of this message was God's Plan. You know what I'm saying? And um, hopefully it blesses you and you enjoy it and you got something that you could take away from it. And um, tell somebody else to listen to my podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need to just listen to this yourself. This is like some stuff that you need to share with someone. And you need to subscribe. And make sure when you subscribe, you go on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And you leave me a review for this show. This is a good show, man. You, I'm, I'm, this is a good show. I'm not ashamed to say it. You look at somebody right now. Well, don't, well, don't get too close to them. We supposed to be, you know, anyway, whatever. Just, just whisper it under your breath. It's a good show. It's a good Thank you, Lord Jesus, for hope. This time I'm speaking from my heart, from the finish to the start. The truth is we know who we are. What God has put together, let no man pull apart. My life for ministry, this is not an art. Now I'm picturing Noah standing at the ark with the hammer in his hand, driving nails in the dark. No time for losing faith. This is the man that God used to restart the whole human race. Now that's hope. Why would I gain the world just to lose my soul? God gave me a better way to use my flow. But that don't mean that I won't see no obstacles. We've done a lot, but we still got a lot to go. that's hope. And it's already etched in stone. And we gon' walk by faith all the way home. And we gon' take you with us, you already know. A seed we sow, but not a death. That's hope. And I'm gonna tell y'all one of the issues that I believe we have in, in Christianity is that we keep telling non-believers that when they get saved, life is gonna be easy like when you rehearse it in the mirror. And people give their life to God, they come up to the altar, they get saved, and then they go out in life and situations start happening. Yeah. Stuff start going how you didn't plan it to go, right? Come on, y'all. Yeah. 
You ever had a bad day? You ever had a situation that didn't turn out exactly how you had pictured in your head? And then when it started messing up, you wanted to give up because somebody lied to you. But I'm telling you, in that moment is when you're supposed to call on the name of Jesus. You don't put Vaseline on a gunshot wound, do you? Some of us calling on Jesus at the wrong time. Listen, you call on Jesus when it get tough. You, ain't, you don't just call on him when it's going good, right? It's easy to call on God when you just got a raise and you just got a promotion and you just got a new car. Oh, yeah, we all say, hallelujah, thank you, God. And then as soon as the situation gets tough, we ain't seen you. Come on, y'all. We need Jesus the most when times get rough. Amen? Listen, y'all, I be finding ministry in anything. Because I believe that's the way God created this life is not for me to be walking around missing his work. God be giving us words. What was the last, the last song? That song was stuck in my head. What was it like? Put it all in his hands. Shout out to the choir director. You came up here and just said, forget everything. She said, forget it all, praise God. They said, put it all in his hands. And I was sitting there and I'm thinking like, some of us ain't really putting it all in his hand. You know what I'm saying? Some of us... Some of us, my brother, you don't mind, do you? Like, like I'm going to put this in your hand, but, but I ain't, grab it for me, though. This is what God doing. He grabbing it, but we saying, like, no, nah, I don't trust you, God, so I ain't letting it go. Let me tell you something. If you want to put it all in God's hand, you got to actually let it go. Some of us putting it in God's hand, but we still got our hand on it, too. What I'm trying to tell you is that if you're going to give it to God, you got to give it to God and let it go so that God can give you something better. Some of us holding on to some messed up relationships, some messed up jobs, some messed up situations, and we don't want to let it go because it seems so good to us, but we don't realize God ain't going to show you what he got for you until you let it go. Listen, you can't pray for a better situation while you're holding on to your past. Some of us praying for a blessing, but we holding on to a curse, y'all. So the situation is, you like, God, upgrade me to the iPhone 10, please, God. Upgrade me here. I'm going to give you the 6S, God. Upgrade me to the iPhone 10. And God reaching for the 6S, but you like, no, nah, I want to see the 10 before I let go of the 6S. Some of y'all can't get upgraded because you can't let go. The question is, what are you holding on to in your life that you think, it, listen, because when you holding on to something, you think it's good. Listen, in my little mind, the little 6S takes some good pictures. You know what I'm saying? In my mind, I'm upgrading, up, uploading to Instagram, and I got the dopest uh, filters or whatever, right? But in reality, if I upgrade to that 10, boy, my picture's going to be killing. All of a sudden, the, the picture got the light hitting you. You know what I'm saying? The, the 6 don't do all that. I saw the commercial on the 10, boy. That boy like, oh, you like, uh, like 200 likes. Like, uh, like, man, y'all ain't trying to hear me. I'm about to go. I'm about to go. No, there ain't no hope at the well. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Ain't no hope at the well. I'm out of here. They told me that the theme of the week was God's plan. I'm going to tell y'all how crazy God is. I found myself about two or three weeks ago um, praying. Um, I was praying to the Lord because I've been ministering at my church um, every fourth Sunday for the past around 42 months. I've, I've, I've gone 42 months and uh, consistently been preaching the word. 
And during that time, I was not accepting any engagements. I, I was telling everybody no. People called me, I said no, I'm good. I wanna just work on my life. My wife, I wanna make sure before I start going out in front of people that I'm really good. I don't gotta put on no front or no act. I need to grow in God and all those things. So I spent three and a half years just at my church. And the Lord, I was praying about two or three weeks ago, I kid you not. And the Lord told me, you have the right not to remain silent. The Lord was basically telling me, I gave you a gift and you can't be quiet for too much longer. So what I told God, I said, all right, God, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not the thirsty type. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a chill dude. I'm not about to run around asking people, can I come preach at their church or none of that. God, if you want me to go somewhere, then send the people to come to me. I kid you not, I'm not lying. One, two days later, I don't know what it is. I never talked to this man before in my life. <laughs> he, was, he hit me up. Pastor Casey hit me up and said, Would you, do you want to come to my church and, and give a word on this date? And I was a little perplexed because I'm like, wait a minute. I, all I told God was that I'm going to get out the way. All I told him is that I'm going to put it all in your hands. I ain't hit nobody up. I ain't tell nobody that I was ready. I ain't say nothing to nobody. And I'm telling you, when you give it to God, I done had about three or four calls in the last week. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. And I'm not saying that. I don't care. It's not about me. I'm not saying that to say, oh, I'm about to be so great or something. What I'm telling you is I'm being transparent and being honest with you and saying that two to three weeks ago, I put it all in his hands. I'm at a youth conference next month. I did a radio interview last week. I got all kind of stuff coming up, and I haven't even told nobody I was accepting stuff yet. They just started calling me. When you allow yourself to give God your everything, when you give up your plan, Okay, all right. Listen, the problem with us is we got a plan too. <laughs> like we keep talking about God's plan, God's dream, but a lot of us holding on to our plan. I'm gonna give you an example. This is the reason I never went on a cruise before. I never been on a cruise because however many years ago, however old I was, it was this movie called The Titanic. And Jack was at that boy with rolls at the edge like these. And I remember Jack, I remember the end of the movie and Jack, I love my wife Tiffany, I love you. <laughs> but I ain't trying to be on the Jack boy. Like, Jack was in the, in, in the ocean, turning blue. I'm like, you know what? I'ma just stay at the crib. But, but here's the crazy thing about the Titanic. I start digging in the Titanic because I'm thinking about man's plan versus God's plan, right? Titanic, around the year, it was 1912 that this ship went, went out, right? They, 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 the whole purpose for the Titanic was this, y'all. They wanted to build the largest ship of their time, and they wanted it to be unsinkable. That was their whole purpose of their plan. So they went out, and they built this ship, and it was supposed to be like, oh, untouchable, all this stuff. And the first day that that boy hit the water, it sank. Okay, we talking about man's plan. Some of us got a plan, you got it all figured out, you got your life all like mapped out, what you gonna do, and the first day your narrow behind, get out there and start working your plan, you start sinking. All right, all right. Here's the crazy thing about the Titanic. 3,300 people were on the ship. 3,300 people, we talking about a plan right now. They only had lifeboats for 1,200 people. Wait a minute, you so arrogant, because you think you got an unsinkable ship that you're not even gonna think about if things go wrong. 
Here's the last thing about the Titanic, and I'm gonna let it go. I'm probably go home and watch the movie. The Titanic, not only did they only have lifeboats for 1,200 people, but when the lifeboats started filling up because they didn't plan for a sink, a sunken ship, they weren't filled to capacity. So it was lifeboats going out with 20 to 25 people, with 15 people, and at the end of the day, out of 3,300 people, 705 people survived the Titanic. All because of man's plan. What am I saying? They had a plan. They were going to build the greatest ship ever. They had a dream to make history, and then they had to drown in their dream. Some of us are holding on to our dreams so much out of our selfish ambition, because let's be real, you don't want to preach because you want the word to go forth. You want to preach because you want to be that guy. You want to be that girl. Like, your, your dream, everybody is a hero in their own dream. In my dream, I look dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, in, in your dream, you look dope. But what about God's plan? What about God's dream? Look, just turn on TV, watch American Idol. Every singer on there is like, I just always dreamed of being a star. I just always dreamed of being at the top. Listen, y'all, in your dream, you a star. And we think just because we feel like we should be a star, that that means God wants you to be a star. Well, let me tell y'all something about myself since I didn't introduce myself. I'm a person that literally just loves the Bible. You get what I'm saying? My opinion about the Titanic, about Jack hitting that joint right there with Rose, it don't mean nothing to me if I can't find something in the Word to line it up. You get what I'm saying? So I'm going to hit y'all with some Bible. I'll tell you like this. Forget what I'm talking about. Let's, if you want to see about God's plan, let's think about God, all right? Cool. So we talked about the Titanic. That's man's plan. I need a biblical example that's, that's identical to the Titanic that I could look at and say, okay, well, how do God build a boat? What's God's plan, right? So I start looking at the ark. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you got the Titanic, and then you got the ark. We all know who built the ark, right? Who, who, who built the ark? Noah built the ark, but it was God's plan. See, here's what y'all don't understand about Noah. Noah did not have a selfish ambition or a desire to build an ark to be the biggest or the baddest boat of his time. He didn't build that boat so that he can get no type of glory or recognition. Do y'all know why Noah built the ark? To preserve life. Let me tell you something about the difference between your plan and God's plan. Your plan makes you look good. God's plan saves people's lives. So the question is, are you going out preaching in front of people and standing on the stage because you want to look good? Yeah. Is that your plan? Or is it God's plan and you going out because somebody's life really needs to be saved? See, the problem with us is because of Instagram and social media and we can drop all the pictures and the videos and we can make ourselves look dope with all these type of filters. We getting caught up in ourselves. Don't let self-love turn you into a lover of yourself. Listen, y'all, they don't believe me yet. All right, I got to go to the Bible because there's some people in here that's like, you know what? He didn't preach from the Titanic. He didn't preach the little story that the girl told him. He didn't did all this type of stuff. He ain't thanked the pastor for having him and the wife and all this. Listen, I'm sorry, y'all. I just be jumping in. God bless y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for having me, pastor. I don't want to offend nobody. I really don't. I know some of y'all, there ain't a lot of light-skinned people in here anyway. God help me. Lord help me. I only see about two or three of y'all. Come on now. Come on now. Y'all got me out here on Dexter with all the brown skin and dark skin people. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? I was born and raised on the, on the east side. East side. Jesus help me. 
God, help me. I need security. Somebody get me out of here. I, 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 was, I wouldn't go say that. I came over here. I was like, you know what? They don't look like they want to hear about the east side right now. They, they look like they pretty serious, okay? So I'm going to leave y'all alone. Let me just get out of here with my wife safe, okay? <laughs> Listen. Genesis chapter 6. Okay, we're talking about Noah real quick. All right. Verse 5 says this. I want y'all to understand how God's plan worked. That's all we're talking about today. We're talking about God's plan, but we're not talking about what we want God's plan to mean. We're talking about what God's plan actually just means on its own, right? All right. Verse 5 says this. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So here's what's happening. God is looking down at the earth and he like, they jacked up. Okay, cool. Verse 6. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the earth was so messed up at this time that God is basically regretting that he even ever made you. You ever did something for somebody? Loaned somebody something and they brought it back messed up and you was like, you know what? I shouldn't even gave him that shirt. How I'm gonna let you borrow? I let somebody borrow my J's before. And I'm watching him in my J's and he just jitting and jitting. I'm like, Bruh, I don't jit in the J's. You get what I'm saying? So God created the earth, and he looking like I built this beautiful earth, and y'all down here just acting any kind of way, and God is actually regretting making man, okay? Now, if you scroll down to verse 8, this is where it gets dope. It says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. My question is this. In the midst of a bunch of turmoil and a bunch of crazy stuff going on, can you actually find favor in the eyes of the Lord? Okay, we're talking about God's plan. Let's skip down to verse 13. It's going to start making sense. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh. Dang, God, why are you trying to do this? For the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So God is hitting my man up. And he like, Noah, I'm about to kill them all, okay? I'm about to get rid of your cousins, your nephews, everybody gone, all right? Okay, I'm going to insert a quick story here. This is a true story. I was about seven or eight years old, and I was at my grandma's house. God rest her soul. And my uncle walked, God rest his soul. I'm only telling this story because everybody did, and I ain't going to get in trouble. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> my uncle Walt was at my grandma's house, and my uncle Walt was drunk, and he was mad about something, okay? And he came in there, and he told my grandma, I'm going to kill everybody. He said, I already done put the gasoline around the house, and he pulled out his gun. God went to Noah, and he's telling him how he about to destroy something, right? Now, I'm going to tell y'all what I did with my Uncle Walt in that moment. When my Uncle Walt told my grandma he was about to kill everybody, I'm seven years old, I went up to Uncle Walt, and I was like, hey, Uncle Walt, um, that mean you're going to kill me too? He was like, no, you good. And I went back in the room and started playing the game. Amen? What I'm telling you is you got to be able to find favor with people when a situation get messed up and get crazy, and Noah was able to find favor with God. Okay, it's about to make sense. In verse 14, here's what happened. God literally gave Noah a plan to start building an ark. What's my point? Noah was a righteous man. He wasn't chasing nothing. He wasn't chasing a dream. He wasn't trying to be dope. He was just where he was supposed to be at, doing what he was supposed to do, and God came to him in verses 14 to 16 and literally laid out the plan for the ark, okay? 
A simple thing about God's plan is this. You don't have to be thirsty for God to bless you with a plan and a purpose. Some of us think being thirsty is going to speed up the process somehow. You don't got to run after everybody. You don't have to be doing all this crazy stuff. All you got to do is live righteous, humbly before God, and God will come to, come to you with a plan. Okay. All right. All right. I got a couple sidebars for you because, again, I don't like just using one story in the Bible to make a point. Let me think about this. The whole Bible, the entire Bible that we're reading is from the bloodline of Adam's son, Seth. Adam had a couple of sons, a couple of daughters, but this one son, Seth, the whole bloodline of the Bible, if you go to Genesis and look at it, everybody that you're reading about is just one family line. Okay, so I started thinking, why did Noah have to preserve life if this is one family line that ends with Jesus Christ? Because if Noah didn't build the ark and his family didn't live, they couldn't repopulate the earth and Jesus could never be born. Amen? Whose life depend on your plan and your gift? Some of us got plans and gifts that don't lead to nothing but you looking dope. Listen, y'all, do y'all realize that Noah still looks dope? At the end of the day, God's plan for you will still have you looking sweet, but it won't be only so that you can look sweet. All right, all right, all right. That's not enough for some people because there's some women out here, and they like, you know what? I want to get my Boaz. Rip, Ruth got Boaz. And I can't, you, you can't show me in the Bible where Boaz, where her getting her man was to preserve life. Watch this. Ruth gets with Boaz. They have a son named Obit. Obit is the father of Jesse. Jesse is the father of David. David is the king, and they call Jesus the son of David. If Ruth didn't meet her man, Jesus Christ wouldn't have been born. I'm trying to get y'all to understand that you need to take your plans and your gifts off of your selfish ambition that's going to have you getting a couple of hundred likes on Instagram and going to make your ex jealous and going to make you look good in front of your haters. And you need to figure out what's God's plan that's going to preserve life. It's some preachers running around the city preaching and don't nobody life depend on it. Don't nobody life depend on it. If all you doing is worrying about you, you ain't living in God's plan. All right, all right, all right. They don't believe me yet. I'm going to tell y'all what my favorite story of the whole Bible is. It's in Genesis. Let's start at Genesis 37. God's plan is to preserve life. Genesis 37, there's a young man that they call Joseph the Dreamer, okay? We're not going to go through the whole story like I like to. I'm going to keep it simple with y'all. But I want y'all to understand that in verse 4, it's giving you something. It's telling you that Joseph is 17 years old. This is real important. Why is this important? Because God's plan happens in God's timing. Okay? The thing with our plan is not only does our plan make us look real sweet, it make us look real sweet real fast. Okay? And let's be honest, some of y'all want to go back to your 10-year and your 20-year uh, reunion. You ever tried to lose weight for a situation? It's like, you don't really want to be healthy. You don't really want to lose weight for real. You just need this to hurry up so that when you go see them, that you can look good for them. And a lot of us are living our life and living our plan and our purpose for God and we ain't really trying to walk this thing holy. We ain't trying to really live righteous for God. 
Look, I just want to get it just holy enough so that when I go to Hopewell, they didn't know I brought some hope to the well. Listen, when I leave here, I'm going to cut somebody out. I'm not going to leave a good tip at Applebee's. I'm going to go back to eating whatever I was eating and doing what I was doing because I only did it for this moment, bruh. I'm trying to get y'all to understand that in God's timing, y'all, some people are wondering, why is it taking me so long to be blessed? Because God trying to get you to be for real. God don't do the little, the little, little two-week diet. You know what I'm saying? You ever did the little, the little week fast with the church? And you, oh, you happy. You on, you on Instagram. I ain't had biscuits all week long. I lost three pounds. And then as soon as the fast is over, you at Red Lobster, and you eat nine or ten biscuits. You not really delivered for real. God wants to take you on a slower process where you might not look as sweet as fast as you was before, but when you finish God's process, you really changed. When you work out God's plan, you really deliver. You really don't cuss no more. Come on, y'all. How many of y'all tired of being delivered from cussing for three days? Come on now. You don't cuss as long as you ain't around nobody that cuss. It's like, oh yeah, I'm saved as long as I'm around other saved people. What the Lord wants you to do, the Lord wants to get you to the point where you saved all the time. Where this ain't just the act or a front that you putting on because you got a microphone in your hand or because you dress real nice today or because you took a picture on a Sunday or with your, with your bae, with your boo, whatever y'all calling them these days. You know what I'm saying? I've been married for a minute. You start losing touch, y'all. You get married, you don't even know what people calling it no more. That's when you get old. You know what I'm saying? I'm young, but I'm old because I don't know what's happening no more. They losing me with the slang, y'all. Listen, fellas, this is a sidebar. This ain't got nothing to do with the message. But if you a man... You ain't got no business saying yes. Yeah, yes. 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 Listen, bro. Your eyebrows ain't on fleek, bro. You are not on fleek, my brother. I'm just, listen, y'all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no offense. I just don't get it. I, I guess I've been married too long. I, I, can't, I can't hit you with the yes. I can't hit you with the yes. I can't do it, bro. If you, if, you, if you hit my inbox on Facebook and you hit me with the wavy boy, I can't hit you, bro. I can't. I, I don't know what that means. That's not God's plan. Come on, bro. All right. Genesis 37. Let's look at chapter, uh, verse 5. We're talking about Joseph the dreamer, y'all. Joseph was 17 years old. I want you to pay attention to a couple of things. Joseph was 17 years old. And verse 5 says, And Joseph dreamed the dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Okay, let's, I'm going to have a lot of sidebars. Joseph was 17 years old and had a dream that came from God. It was really God's dream. And he told it to his brothers, and that made them hate him more than they already did in the first place. Sometimes you got to protect your dreams. You can't put every dream on Facebook. You can't text every dream to everybody. Some of y'all walking around wondering you got so many haters, and it's because you just talk too much. Let's go down to verse 7. 
This is Joseph's dreams. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, this Joseph, my bundle stood up, and your bundles gathered all around and bowed low before mine. Okay, Joseph is telling his brothers that basically I had a dream that you was going to bow down to me. Now, I want y'all to understand something, because right at this moment, it might sound like Joseph is being arrogant. It might sound like Joseph thinks he's better than him, but all Joseph is telling them is the dream that God gave him. And when God give you a dream, it ain't always what it look like, okay? All right, verse 8 says this. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Let's skip down to verse 28, y'all. They hated him so much, they threw him in a pit. But the pit wasn't good enough. They wanted to kill him, but it was one brother that stepped in and said, no, instead of killing this man, let's just sell him out into slavery and we'll tell our father that he's dead, okay? I'm showing y'all something because the enemy, this is why the Bible says all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to what? His purpose, his plan. Listen, even when people hate you, even when it feel like you're getting sold out and they lying on you and they talking about you and they sell you into slavery or they throw you into a pit, I'm about to show you how when God has a plan and a purpose in your life, no matter what people do to you, God is still going to work it out for your good. Amen. Verse 28 says this, Then there passed by Midianite merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought him into Egypt. Now let's get a sidebar real quick. They sold him into slavery, but they sold him into exactly where God needed him to be. At the end of the day, God's purpose for, for Joseph was for him to end up in Egypt. And they thought that they were doing something. It's some people in your life that might think they big and bad and they doing something because right now you just work at Walmart or right now you in between jobs or right now, like me, about a couple years ago, I was driving this uh, Grand Prix and the boy, every time it rained, the car flood. I'm just keeping it 100 with y'all. If it rained outside, I'm like, golly, I got to go swimming. And there's some people that might have saw me at that point in my life and they thought that that was my end destination when I was driving in a flooded car. What I'm trying to tell you is, look, you need to drive in that flooded car. You need to work in that busted job with a smile on your face because you know that God is working out some things for your good. The problem with us is every time we get a little bit of adversity, we start standing around and looking at each other like we stupid. And you want people to feel sorry for you because you drive a grand dam that floods every time it rains. Listen to me, the flood and the rain is a part of your story. And some of us are trying to skip parts of the process because we just want to get to the good part of the movie. Every movie be the same thing. Tom Cruise start off on Mission Impossible. He climbing on the outside of a building. It look like they gonna win. Then somebody get a chip out of a computer. Then everything go bad. And then all of a sudden, against all odds, Tom Cruise wins. What I'm trying to tell you is God's plan, I don't care what happened in the middle, I don't care what happened in the beginning, at the end of the day, if you follow God's plan, God is going to win. Every single time. All right, all right, I'm, I'm almost done, y'all. Let, let, let's skip, let's go to, let's go to verse, uh, let's go to Genesis 43. I'm skipping through Joseph's life because I'm trying to get y'all to understand something. It's a couple of things y'all need to understand. At 17 years old, Joseph had a dream. Now, let me tell you something. It's people that will give God a chance for two weeks 
And if they ain't blessed, set free, and delivered in two weeks, they about ready to leave the church, stop talking to you, and told you that you lied that Jesus saves everybody. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell y'all is that, yeah, it sound good to tell everybody they're going to be blessed right now and that it's going to happen overnight, but I keep looking in God's Bible, I keep looking at his word, and I keep saying that in his plan there's a process. And God is like this. Look, I got a beautiful wife right there. And I've been with her for a long time, and I'm sure in our almost 12 years of marriage, that what if I only told my wife, look, not for better or for worse, but for better, for richer, for wellness. Like, what if I just skipped all the vows that said when it get bad? What I'm trying to tell you is some of us come to the altar and we give our life to Christ, but we ain't really committed to Christ if things go bad. We ain't really committed to Christ. We, we basically telling him, look, girl, I love you as long as you're doing what I want you to do. And don't know how many people want to be in a marriage like that. Nobody want to be in a relationship like that. What make you think God want to be in a relationship with you and you only dealing with God when things is going all right? And you about to walk out. Some of y'all about to walk out the door because the dog on CD skipped. I'm like, oh, my God, Jesus, help us. There's people looking like they day is just messed up. Like, oh, I can't believe this. It's a CD. <laughs> it's some things in our life that we take so serious, it ain't really that serious, y'all. All right, Genesis 43. Let me, let me hurry up so I could be done for y'all kick me out. Um, Genesis 43 and 26 says this. Now, this is what you got to understand now. At Genesis 43, when the dream is about to come, come true, now Joseph is somewhere around 36 to 37 years old. Okay, so wait a minute. You mean to tell me that it took God 20 years. God gave him a dream at 17 years old. And you gonna make me wait 20 years before you bless me? What I'm trying to tell y'all is that when it comes to God's plan, that's the reality. Yeah. I can spin it, I can lie to you, I can make it sound a lot better than it really is. But the reality of it for God's plan is that it might take you 20 years. It might take you 10 days. It might take you 10 months. I don't know. But what I'm telling you is when you commit to God and you give it all to him, you're giving him your time. You're walking by faith and not by sight. And you're telling God, I don't care if it takes 20 minutes or 20 years. I'm committed and I'm dedicated to your call and your purpose. And I don't care if I got to drive a Grand Prix that's going to flood on me. I don't care if I live in a one-bedroom apartment. And every time I spin around, I'm in the kitchen. And I spin back this way and I'm in the bathroom. And, and listen, I did it. I've been there. I'm just telling y'all facts. I done worked at Kmart. I worked at McDonald's twice. I done did it all. Listen, I got all kind of stuff in my story, and guess what? I appreciate every moment because I realized if I didn't have a car that was flooding, I wouldn't have been able to go to another level. Genesis 43 and 26 says this, and when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed themselves down to the earth. It's a lot of stuff that happened in this story but to bring you to the end of it, what happens is that his brothers find themselves in Egypt because there was a famine in the land, and Joseph's plan is what actually made Egypt preserve life. They found themselves bowing down to their brother, but they didn't know it was him. So 45 and 4 says this. Sorry, I'm skipping around. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. 
Listen, y'all, verse 5 is where it gets real good. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to say two more things to y'all. Y'all not going to like this. God didn't call you to be petty. Like, like some of us so petty, we just want to be blessed so that we could tell everybody off who didn't believe in us. So that we could tell you how stupid and how dumb you was that you ain't believing me. Do y'all see the integrity that Joseph had? The people that sold him into slavery, that threw him into a pit, he told them he had the integrity to say, listen, don't be grieved and don't be angry with yourself because God did it to preserve life. Joseph understand that God's plan for his life was not about him, but it was literally so that lives could be saved. Okay, all right, all right, I'm about to, I'm about to be at my conclusion now. I'm about to finish it up, y'all. Okay. God's plan is in God's word. That's number one. It's a lot of people talking about God's plan right now, but don't tell me what God told you about my life and you can't show me nothing in the word that line up with it. God's plan is in God's word. God's plan number two is in God's timing. You don't gotta lie to me and tell me I'm gonna be blessed tomorrow. I done received false prophecies before and they told me, they gave me a time frame of when the blessing was gonna come and it came and went and if I wasn't rooted and grounded in the word of God, I would have left the faith. There are people leaving the faith because you trying to sell them a get rich quick scheme for salvation. It's not gonna happen. And I told y'all number three, God's plan is not petty. Now I'm gonna end here. Let's go to Jeremiah 29. We're going to end at the focal scripture. We're going to end at the focal scripture because I think it's important to look at a couple of things, y'all. I love Jeremiah 29 and 11. I love it. But the question is, do you love Jeremiah 29 and 10? All right. Jeremiah 29 and 10 says it like this. For thus says the Lord. Mm. When 70 years are complete, hold on, wait a minute. Here go God with a plan again, and God dropping the timing on it. Why do I got, I don't got 70 years. Listen, y'all, we all jump at 29 and 11, and it's like, God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and he's going to do this. And, that, and we just go, you just going to skip past 70 years, though? Like, you ain't going to tell me that it might take me 70 years? Are you going to tell me that the people that Jeremiah was talking to were in exile? See, we create this false narrative in preaching and in ministry like everybody we preaching to is just at the top and you're at the kingdom. And No, we're talking about people that were in their worst moment. Yeah. When is the last time somebody don't? Come on, let's just be honest, y'all. Sometimes when you're in a bad moment, you don't even want a word. Yeah. Yeah. Some of y'all right now ain't trying to hear what I'm talking about because your day ain't really going how you planned on it going. And I understand you because when you're having a bad time, sometimes you're like, look, I'm exiled. Listen, my rent due. If you ain't coming with the $500, I don't want to hear about no 70 years God going to bless me with the rent. They giving me nine days to get out the house. Y'all don't like the truth. Verse 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. All right, so we know that God has a plan. Verse 12 says this. This is where it gets deep, y'all. Then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will hear you. Verse 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
I'm going to leave you with this. Psalms, I think, 37 and 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. There are people who want God's blessing, and you want what's in God's hand, but you're not delighting yourself in the Lord. And you're not giving him your whole heart. And, and, and if the question is, how do I delight in the Lord? To delight in someone means to agree with them, okay? So if, if I delight in the Lord, it means I'm telling God, whatever your plan and your purpose is for my life, I give it all to you, and I'll take that. And that's why in Psalms, it could go on to say, and then I'll give you anything that you ask for. That means that when you, the reason that God is willing to give you anything you ask for when you delight in him is because you asking him for what he wants for you. The problem with us is we asking God to be in an American idol, and that ain't delighting in the Lord. You asking God to put 3,000 people in the pews, and that's not delighting in the Lord. Listen, God is telling you, I'm not even going to give you what's for you until you tell me you want what I want for you. Here is the question that you got to ask yourself, the question I had to ask myself, and the dilemma for us all. What if what God wants for you isn't what you planned on getting? What if you planned on being an NBA star and God wanted you to be a preacher? What if you planned on being a millionaire and God wanted you to settle for 100000 we have to take the world's plan, the world's view for our life, and put it to the side, and we got to stop competing with each other, and we have to just simply tell God that I want for me what you want for me. Amen. Thank you for your time. God's people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, please do stop over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe to the show. You can just even Google Inspire God's People and enjoy every show all the way back to our first episode. And please do not forget to tell a friend. We love you. Inspire God's People. Inspire God's People. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it The art is all natural and authentic Rivers of love, we swimming for us We can't drown if we fall in it If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world Create for the creator when I'm in my own world I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world